Xavier Reese and the plan for victory that has overcome the world. The individuals God will use to accomplish His work will not always be aware of each other's involvement until God puts it together. But what's most important is your personal obedience in the work of God. Don't worry what somebody else is doing. God is talking to this person, doing this person, and He puts it all together. God is in control. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The simple truth of James 1.22 encourages that we be doers of the Word and not hearers only. And in the case of Barak, the military general and commander of the army of Deborah, who knew full well God's command to fight the Canaanites, yet refused to obey the order despite assured victory. But as Pastor Xavier recounts the scene with the continuation of our study series of the Book of Judges, we'll see that it was the faith warrior Deborah who had every intention of doing, not hearing only, the command of God. Judges chapter 4, we're going to look at all 24 verses in the message entitled, Deborah, the faith warrior. God chose this one woman to be the deliverer of his people for his own glory, and is described to us in three movements. First, you have the condition of the time when Deborah judged, verse 1 through 5. Deborah judged at the time of spiritual decay. It was when Ehud was dead, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, though not expressed, as we go through the book of Judges, not expressed here, is the nation was idolatrous, worshiping the gods of the land with all the sins that come along with it indulging themselves in a time of peace, not guarding themselves, not obeying the Lord, but being sucked into the culture of the day. We see this today, not only from the populace of America, but within the church also. Syncretism, bringing things from the world and putting them under the umbrella of Christianity, saying, oh, it's okay. So now churches are teaching that Christians can drink, and it's okay, and you don't have to go to church all the time. You are the church, this and that, and all kinds of weird stuff going on. Compromise. Idolatry, forsaking the Lord in apostasy. The command that we read in the common phrase in the book was, in those days there was no king on the throne of Israel and every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes in chapters 17, 18, 19, and 21. Notice verse 2 and 3. Deborah was under the bondage of the enemy due to God's judgment. A godly woman, but she is subject to it. This was God's doing according to his covenant. He's a covenant God. It says, so the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The covenant God, Yahweh, gave them over in discipline, in judgment to king of Canaan. King Jabin had a, a commander over his army, Sisera. The children of Israel were under his oppression. In verse 4 and 5, Deborah was the hope of Israel. She was a prophetess. This is the first instance, by the way, of female government on record in the Bible. And it doesn't appear again. <laughs> Nevertheless, she is a woman to be dealt with, as we'll see, because God had anointed her and called her in spite of the situation. She exercised both civil and religious authority for the purpose of turning people from their sin to repentance to do the will of God. This was the condition of the times when Deborah judged. It was apostasy 
from God. Notice secondly in verse 6 through 10. The commission to Barak by Deborah, the prophetess. In verse 6 and 7, the courageous call of Deborah was sent to the man God had chosen for the battle. She sent a call for Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kadesh, Anatoly, and said, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. Notice the man's name, Barak. Deborah called to remind Barak to obey the call of God to battle. This was not news. For he was fully aware of God's revelation. Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded an imperative command from the captain of the hosts of heaven? God lays it all out. He was to go and deploy or march truce at Mount Tabor, west of the Sea of Galilee, to the plain of Jezreel. He was ordered to take 10,000 men from Naphtali and Zebulun. Notice God is very specific. If we follow what he says in the word of God, then things will work out. It's when I think that God needs a little help from me, or where I correct God, well, you know, Lord, I think this would be work a little better. I don't need 10, I just need five. Really. In verse 7, Deborah revealed to Barak that God was in control over the battle to give victory. Again, none of this is new to him. He knew this. God declared against you, I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army. I'm going to do it. God named the location, the river Kishon. This is where Elijah, remember, slew the prophets of Baal. Now, God revealed the triumph. I will deliver them into your hand. So he gives everything out. This is what I'm going to do. This, and I'm going to. He's told that he's going to win from the beginning. How easy can it be? Look at eight through ten. The cowardly response of Barak was voiced to Deborah. Deborah heard Barak's condition for obedience. Barak said, "If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me." I will not go. Wow. Barak revealed two things by his words. His eyes were not on the Lord, but on Deborah. He was being disobedient to go without Deborah. God didn't want Deborah to go. Now God allowed it, but that wasn't the call. She would go as he requested. Her love for God and the nation was greater than her disappointment of the lack of courage in this male leader. Our love for God must be greater than our disappointments with man and life or we will not walk with God. Notice she revealed there would be no glory to him. Here's the rebuke. Due to the fact that God would give Sisera to the hands of a woman. This is a prophecy. Short term, Deborah. Long-term, jail when we get to the end. God would give it over to a woman. Whenever God wants to do a work, he is the one who chooses and calls the individual, enables them, and anoints that person. The call can be responded to or ignored, by the way. God doesn't force you to accept the call. At times, a person called does not trust God alone. But he's looking to others to come alongside him when 
God didn't intend that. So they taint the glory of God. Abraham was called out, not Lot. Lot became a problem. Paul took Mark. He became a problem. All of these compromises where we don't obey to go and do what God has called us to do alone, we will hear, nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey that you are taking. No reward. Nothing. This was the commission to Barak by Deborah, the prophetess. It was to not disobey the call of God. Notice thirdly in 11 through 24, we have the liberation of Israel through Deborah, the deliverer. In 11 through 13, Sisera gathered his troops for the battle. In um, 11 and 12, Sisera was alerted by, uh, about Barak's approach by Heber. Eber the Kenite, in verse 11 there, was the instrument God used. Now Eber the Kenite of the children of Obam, the father-in-law of Moses. So he was related. Heber had broken ties there in verse 11 from the Kenites and separated himself, pitched his tent there in the terebinth tree of uh, Zanaim, which is besides Kadesh. We aren't told why, but uh, they were dwelling with Israel, but these, this group kind of detached themselves. But... Heber now warns Sisera, and they report to Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor. Now listen carefully. Don't miss this. God is telling Deborah, tell Barak this, and now he's encouraging Barak. Listen, quit procrastinating. And then God is using over Eber, and Eber has no idea what God is doing through Deborah and through Barak. And Barak and Deborah have no idea what Eber, how God is using Eber, but it's none of their business. God is working. He does things like that. Sisera marched towards the battle in verse 13. He headed out in battle, gathered together the 900 chariots of iron. Iron chariots were like tanks today. Awesome. The odds against Deborah and Barak and the people of God were stacked against them from the human observation. But God's already said, the battle's already mine. The victory's mine. He marched with the people from Herosheth, Hegoim, towards the river Kishon, up toward Carmel. Now notice in 14 through 16, Deborah commanded Barak to rise to have God deliver Sisera into his hands. In 14, she declared the battle was won before it started. That's so good. Then Deborah said to Barak, up for this day, this is the day in which the Lord Yahweh has delivered Sisera into your hand. The covenant God, Yahweh. Past completed action. As good as done. Man. The rhetorical question is a strong admonition to not hesitate. Has not the Lord Yahweh gone out before you? I, I see what you're thinking, bro. Go do it. God cannot be opposed or defeated by any human ability. And by the way, if you say no, got to get somebody else. You're not the hottest thing on the planet. Trust me, nor I. Got to get somebody else. God cannot lie. Numbers 23, 19. He was going to defeat him. The military general Barak, in verse 14 there, went down from Mount Tabor with his 10,000 troops. They followed him. God had gone 
before Barak. God was the one. Look at 15 and 16. She declared the Lord defeated Sisera. The Lord used the men of Israel to defeat Sisera. The word routed means to discomfit or to bring to confusion, crushing and destroying them. Often we read in the scripture where God caused them to turn their swords on each other. And by the way, we don't have time, but in chapter 5 we have the poetry song of Deborah, the poetical song. And there she goes into detail how God during this battle there in Carmel, it was spring season and there was no rain. But God caused a rainstorm to come in and the chariot wheels were stuck in the mud and they couldn't get away and everything. And remember, the worshipers of Baal, Baal was the god of the storms and being religious superstitious, there should be no rain. Is our God against us? And God uses the culture, uses the superstitions and uses everything in the most natural way when it's really supernatural. And he says, normal people to do his work and his victory, ladies and gentlemen. Look at your own life, how he's used you to reach others, to accomplish things. And you should be the first one to say, don't ever look at me. Always say, I'm just like you. No different. The commander's sister fled on foot from this chariot. In verse 16, Barak pursued and destroyed all. Not a man was left. He fled into Hersheth Hegoim, which means woodland nations. You hide in the forest. Israel used to have great forests, lions and bears and everything. The Turks, when they took the land, they cut everything down, all the trees. After 48, they reforested the whole nation. Great forest now. Look at 17 through 22. Sisera fled from the battle to seek refuge. In 17, he sought refuge in the tent of Eber, the Kenite, uh, due to there being peace between them. Eber was, uh, had been warned by Sisera, remember, about the attack of Barak in verse 11 and 12. And Eber was related to the family of Moses. Now, God used that. We aren't given much explanation, but God is using all this. And in 18 and 19, he received hospitality from Jael, the wife of Eber. Jael greeted him in 18. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my Lord, turn aside to me. Do not fear. Wow. Jael made him comfortable. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. That was not very good that a man would go into a tent with a woman that wasn't his wife. Sisera asked Jael for something to drink. Then he said to her, please give me a little water to drink for I am thirsty. Now he's been running from through the forest. He's, he is hyped up. I mean, he's got adrenaline flowing. He is pumped. Jael gave him milk to relax him from his weary battle. He opened a jug of milk, not glass, but it's in a wine skin, <laughs> a leather skin. And Jill made him warm, gave him drink and covered him like a little baby. This big old alpha male <laughs> warrior. In 20, Sisera requested her to now protect him. Jill was to stand watch. He said, there stand at the door of the tent. This is not a, 
a petition. It's a command. Jail was to life for him. If any man comes and inquires of you and says, is there a man here? You should say, no. He's looking out for himself. In 21, Sisera then dies at the hand of Jael. Whoa. She pins Sisera literally to the ground, grounded him. Then Jael, Eber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand. And she softly went up to him and drove the peg into his tent and went down into the ground. <laughs> she allowed his overconfidence to be his downfall. For he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. God gave this great warrior into the hands of a woman. The short-term prophecy, Deborah. The long-term prophecy, Jael. Wow. Jael presented Sisera dead to Barak, 22. Barak approached Eber's tent, and then Barak pursued Sisera. Jael came in to meet him, and Jael said to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you seek. And when he went into her tent, there lay Sisera dead with a peg in his temple. Verse 22. Amazing. Deborah most likely recorded the summary statement here of God's victory over the enemy in 23 and 24. God did it all through the hand of his people. Don't miss this. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. He used human instruments for the sake of his people, but it was God who did it. God used the victory to strengthen Israel. The hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. God recorded in the New Testament, by the way, in Hebrews 11.32, the men and hall of faith, whose mention in association to this victory in battle, Barak, not Deborah. Check your Bible. Even though Deborah and Jael were the ones, God registered Barak. God has done some amazing things in our modern days regarding Israel. In that war of 1973, when Israel was attacked on Yom Kippur, Egypt and Syria forces totaled 900,000 to Israel's 300,000. Tanks, 4,600 to 1,700. Planes, 1,090 to 488. And yet God destroyed them. And God gave the victory to Israel. One Jewish tank, Israeli tank, was holding off so many tanks for about an hour before reinforcements came in, going up the sandals and down to the others all over. God has fought for Israel just like in the days of the judges, the days of David. Make no mistake of this. The individuals God will use to accomplish his work will not always be aware of each other's involvement until God puts it together. But what's most important is your personal obedience in the work of God. Don't worry what somebody else is doing. God is talking to this person, doing this person, and he puts it all together. 
Paul was at Tarsus about seven to nine years preaching the gospel. Nobody saw him or anything else. Barnabas went down to Antioch to verify the work there among the Gentiles to see if it was of God. He saw it was of God, and God sent Barnabas to go seek out Paul, and then they both went back for a year to teach the Christians there. And then from there, God launched three missionaries' journeys. God is in control. It's God's work. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good work, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I look back upon my life and I see God's merciful hand, all that he's done through my life. But I also know there's a lot of things I've missed because I'm carnal at times. I'm dumb at times. But I can clearly see the mercy of God and, and the people that have been ministered to and the things that I've seen in other people's lives. What a joy to see God so mercifully do that through you or through I. The perfect timing of God is key for his work. The exodus was right on time through Moses, 430 years after putting them in there. The decree to return after Babylon captivity to rebuild the streets and walls in trouble to some time that began the date for the Messiah to ride into Jerusalem in Matthew 21 as the Messiah on the donkey. 483 years to the day, 1,073,880 1, days. Whoa! based on a 360 biblical year, right on time. The things that God wants us to be involved in are according to his timing, not ours. Despise not the days of small things. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, 31. Wow. The Lord will provide incredible protection for those who are doing his work. God protected Moses from Pharaoh. God protected Joseph from his brothers and Potiphar's wife. God protected Jeremiah through all the plots to kill him and imprison him. Paul was protected until God was done with him. In fact, 2 Timothy 4.17 says, But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Wow. Jesus says, don't fear him who can kill you, but fear him who can cast your body and soul into hell. Luke 12, 4 through 7. Wow. This was the liberation of Israel through Deborah, the deliverer. It was for the glory of of God. Deborah was chosen by God to deliver his people in order to bring glory to him and is described in this threefold manner and movement. The condition of the times when Deborah judged was apostasy from God. The commission to Barak by Deborah the prophetess was to not disobey the call of God. And the liberation of Israel through Deborah, the deliverer, was for the glory of God. Man, these are things that all of us as the people of God need to hear, study, and go over. Genesis to Revelation, year by year. That God may be in control of our lives, that we may yield to Him. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, illustrating with the prophetess Deborah how our obedience to God brings him glory. And today's study, titled Deborah the Faithful Warrior, is available on CD upon request for just $4. Having your own copy allows you to review the study again at your own pace. Plus, we'll be able to include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Deborah the Faithful Warrior, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com